This is the iMarket Podcast, brought to you by the Marketing Society of Kenya, EABL, and Capital FM. Welcome to Season 3 of the iMarket Podcast. Our theme for this season is leveraging technology to put the customer first. In this episode, we will be discussing data privacy. There is no transformation without data privacy. With digital transformation comes a whole load of data being generated every second of the day. Businesses need to understand how to be good stewards of customer data, and customers need to understand their rights. The Kenyan Data Protection Act of 2019 is now in force, and we have already seen a few companies already in breach. So how can companies get compliant? Who in the organization needs to be trained? What processes need to be put in place? These and more are addressed in this episode. Our guest for today is Rehab Magiri Juma. She is the Inspection and Compliance Officer at the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner. She is an advocate of the High Court of Kenya with over six years of experience in the ICT industry, spanning telecommunications law, privacy, and data protection, public policy intellectual property law, as well as corporate governance and regulatory reform in both the public and private sector. Currently working with the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner in the Compliance Department. She also had the privilege of serving as a member of the Working Group on the Development of Policy and Regulatory Framework on Privacy and Data Protection that developed the Data Protection Policy 2018 and the Data Protection Act No. 24 of 2019. She also recently served as the Lead Secretariat to the Task Force on the Development of the Data Protection General Regulations which developed the three sets of the data protection regulations, namely the Data Protection General Regulations 2021, the Data Protection Registration of Data Controllers and Data Processors Regulations 2021, the Data Protection Complaints Handling and Enforcement Procedures Regulations 2021. These regulations were published and took effect on 15th January 2022. Welcome to this episode. Welcome, Rehab. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to have you with us. So let's get straight to it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been a lot of talk about data privacy in the last few years, and it has really started to heat up on the continent and in Kenya as we've become more and more digitally connected. What exactly is the purpose of the Data Protection Act and what necessitated the need for it? Okay. So um, with the evolution of technologies and um, the adoption of ICTs, the rate at which we exchange information has significantly increased. Um, You cannot compare the amount of information that's currently being exchanged today with the amount of information that was being exchanged before the introduction of the internet. Mm. So with that in mind, um, there was need for us to have a framework and more so a legal framework that would regulate how information is shared, that would regulate in terms of ensuring that um, the people who are requiring this information have specific obligations that they have to comply with. So I am certain that if I give my information to any entity, they have a responsibility to protect it. Mm. If any information is being collected about me, I am informed that information about me is being collected and I also get to know what that information is going to be used for. Mm. So in essence, what um, the Data Protection Act is does is that it gives back the freedom and the right to privacy to the individuals at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I get to have
have a say on my information, what is being done on my information, who my information is going to be shared with. And also at the end of the day, in instances where I'm not comfortable giving out my information, then I have a right to say no. At the mm. end of the day, what it does, it helps in actualizing your right to privacy, mm. which is a right that is guaranteed under the Constitution of Kenya. Mm, yeah. Okay, okay. And like what type of data does the Data Protection Act apply to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Data Protection Act deals with uh, personal information and how personal information has been defined under the Data Protection Act is any information that has the capability of identifying you mm-hmm. as an individual mm-hmm. or identifies you. So that gives us two categories of information. Um, from the onset, if you give me your ID, mm-hmm. I'd be able to identify you. I'd know who you are. Mm-hmm. I'd get to know your ID number. I'd get to know where you were born. Mm-hmm. I'd also get to know your date of birth. Mm-hmm. But there's information that... Um, in a traditional sense might not look like personal information but it has the capability of identifying you okay. something like your ip address um if you give me your ip address i'd have to figure out first what information that is but if you give your ip address to an it practitioner mm-hmm. this person would be able to break it down to the point whereby they tell you fiona you accessed the internet at this specific place mm-hmm. at this specific time mm-hmm. at this specific date and this is what you searched for on the internet you see in essence that is not um information that uh has can identify you from the onset Mm -hmm. i'd have to apply specific parameters to be able to actually identify you but it still falls under the category of personal data something like your thumbprint Mm -hmm. i'd need to have the equipment necessary to be able to actually link this thumbprint to you Mm -hmm. but once i have that equipment in place Mm -hmm. then you see i'm still dealing with your personal data yeah so any information that has the capability to identify you as an individual as a human being at the end of the day mm-hmm. is actually covered and protected under the data protection act mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah okay okay so it covers you know some of the obvious things like name date of birth marital status mm-hmm. your health status mm-hmm. financial information mm-hmm. yeah it covers all that information okay yeah. okay and what about like uh imagery mm-hmm. is that also like your photo of you your yeah. likeness yes yes the likeness of you any representation of you um mm-hmm. whatever you post on social media mm-hmm. is all covered under the data protection act mm. okay okay wow all right so before we get now into the really you know the details of the data protection act mm-hmm. maybe you can tell us a bit about like what is the office of the data protection commission about and what is its role mm-hmm. in uh enforcing the Data Protection Act. Okay. So um, the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner is established under the Data Protection Act. So the act was passed into law in November 2019. Mm -hmm. And then we had the Data Commissioner, who's the head of the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner, being appointed in 2020, in November 2020. So I can say November is our lucky month. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So the office is established as a regulator. And the office has the responsibility or the mandate to ensure that anybody who's processing personal data within our ecosystem mm-hmm. does so in compliance with or in accordance to what is provided for under the Data Protection Act. Mm-hmm. So in terms of responsibilities, they vary and they're wide. Mm-hmm. So there's a responsibility to register data controllers and data processors. Mm-hmm. Also, we have the mandate to raise awareness on matters data protection. Mm-hmm. So this is to help individuals appreciate their right to privacy mm-hmm. and how they can go about in actually enforcing their right to data protection. We also have the responsibility of ensuring entities that process personal data or entities that deal with personal data Mm -hmm. are actually complying with the provisions of the act Mm -hmm. or the provisions of what the data protection provides of what the act provides for Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so this uh, office is the go-to place for all things data privacy, data protection, um, whether it's enforcement or any queries or complaints. The Office of the Data Protection Commissioner is the place. Yes, to go. Yeah. yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, in the Data Protection Act, mm-hmm. um, there are several stakeholders that are mentioned. Um, we have data subjects, data controllers, data processors, and data protection officers. Could you break down, you know, exactly who these stakeholders are, mm-hmm. um, define them for us, mm-hmm. their roles and obligations as well? Okay. Yeah. So I'll start with um, the common one. We have the data subject. So the data subject is the individual, that's you mm-hmm. and me mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. These are the individuals who are entitled to the right to privacy mm-hmm. and to enjoy the right to data protection. So um, a data subject can only be an individual, a human being. Okay. Um, a common question that we get um, in the office is, a company is entitled to the right to data protection? Our companies are, uh, are um, maybe partnerships entitled to this right to privacy and data protection? Mm-hmm. They are not. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they're not is because at the end of the day, the individuals behind the companies are the individuals who are entitled to the right to data protection. Mm. So it's a right that will only accrue to a human being okay. and not um, cre- legal creations of the law, companies, partnerships, and sole proprietorships. Okay. So a data subject is the individual, the human being who's entitled to this right mm-hmm. uh, of privacy at the end of the day. Okay. And yeah. then um, we have um, data controllers and data processors. So these now are the entities that need this personal information. Mm-hmm. You are, uh, for a good example would be your employer. In order for your employer to actually offer you employment, mm-hmm. they would need to find out information about you. Mm -hmm. Your name, they would need your educational background, qualifications, Mm -hmm. experience, Mm -hmm. uh, for them to see whether you're best suited for this role or not. Mm -hmm. And if in instances where they actually extend the offer and give you employment, Mm -hmm. then um, for them to be able to process your payments, your salary, your entitlements, Mm -hmm. any allowances Mm -hmm. that accrue um, due to your employment, they would ask for specific information. Mm -hmm. So in in, in that regard, um, your employer becomes a data controller Mm -hmm. because they need to process this personal information. Mm-hmm. And then a data processor can do what a data controller does, but they'd have to work under the instructions mm-hmm. of the data controller. Okay. So the key distinction here between a data processor and a data controller is the data controller is the decision maker, the data processor implements the decisions mm-hmm. of the data controller. Mm-hmm. So um, an example that maybe can capture uh, this specific situation is in, in our Kenyan context um, it's quite common for you um, whenever you're entering any building you'll notice there's an Ascari mm-hmm. at the entrance. Mm-hmm. Most of these Ascaris are usually linked to a private security company. Mm-hmm. So the requirement is uh, under the law there's a law that requires anybody who operates a publicly accessible area should have a security guard situated at the entrance of that building Mm -hmm. and this security guard has a specific responsibility to record the people who are coming into that specific premises Mm -hmm. and what they're coming in to do Mm -hmm. so in that um in essence so that relationship would have the landlord being the data controller Mm -hmm. he owns the premises okay and he engages the services of a security company Mm -hmm. the security company is the data processor so mm-hmm. the security company will work under the instructions of the landlord. Mm-hmm. So the landlord would dictate to the security company, I need you to provide security services. In terms of collecting personal data, this is what you're required to collect. Mm-hmm. So the security company would be answerable to the landlord of that specific building. Mm-hmm. Now we have the relationship of the data controller and the data processor, mm-hmm. with the landlord being the data controller and the security company being the data processor. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Um, are there instances where 
an entity can be both. Yes, there are instances where an entity can be both. Mm -hmm. So assuming, let's say you you operate your own security company, mm -hmm. you'd see there's the traditional aspect of the service that you're providing, security mm -hmm. services. Mm -hmm. And for you to provide those security services, landlords would be engaging you. Mm -hmm. So where a landlord, where you're reporting to a specific landlord, in that processing uh, activity, mm -hmm. you are the data processor, the landlord is the data controller. Mm -hmm. However, you'd still need to engage staff for mm -hmm. you to be able to provide services. Right. So you see, in your capacity of you engaging this specific staff, mm -hmm. then you become the data controller because mm -hmm. you're not working under the instructions of someone else. Mm -hmm. You are able to ascertain, I need maybe to hire 20 or maybe let's say 200 guards mm -hmm. because um, of the jobs that you've gotten. Mm -hmm. So you'll engage those um, specific guards in your capacity mm -hmm. as a data controller. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's that's clear. That's clear. Um, another scenario that comes to mind, mm -hmm. um, you know, just thinking about the context of, you know, this uh, podcast, mm -hmm. um, you know, let's say a marketing agency, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, uh, as marketers, we, you know, work on behalf of brands mm -hmm. to run marketing campaigns. And sometimes we will use certain platforms to um, run campaigns. So we have the agency who are working on behalf of a brand and they're executing a campaign on a platform, on a, you know, a system to execute the campaign. Mm -hmm. In that scenario, who's the controller, who's the processor? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in such a situation where you've been engaged by, let's say, let's speak a company, company X. Mm -hmm. They are bringing in a new product into the market. They need you to make, um, create awareness around it, mm -hmm. raise, this is what it's offering. Yeah. Um, so in, in such a situation, then the company that has engaged you, this company X, mm -hmm. would be the data controller and you as the marketer mm -hmm. would be the data processor. Because mm -hmm. everything that you do, mm -hmm. you do under the instructions mm -hmm. of this specific company okay. that has engaged you. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so long as you're answerable in that processing operation, mm -hmm. so long as you're answerable to someone else, mm -hmm. to another entity, to another organization, mm -hmm. or to another institution, mm -hmm. then you become the data processor. Mm -hmm. This entity that you're answerable to mm -hmm. becomes the data controller. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's on a case by case basis. Yeah. Like it is. It is on a case by case basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And different scenarios call for you to be a controller at some point or a processor at some point. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's clear. That's clear. All right, and then uh, what about the data protection officers? So the data protection officer is a role that has been created under the Data Protection Act. Mm -hmm. So it not not only is um, is it applicable in Kenya, mm -hmm. it's it's a new role, it's a new function that we are seeing coming up mm -hmm. within this ecosystem. Okay. Um, it's also provided for under the um, GDPR, mm -hmm. which applies to the European Union. Mm -hmm. So the responsibilities that have been given to this specific individual um, is that organization can choose to hire a data protection officer, mm -hmm. and this data protection officer would come in and assess the levels of compliance and assist the organization in terms of complying with the requirements of the Data Protection Act. Mm -hmm. And the uniqueness in this specific role is that data protection, we've seen a rise of, in terms of an enactment of data protection laws globally. Mm -hmm. I think it started off in 20, 2016 mm -hmm. when the EU um, went in to amend their, um, their data protection law for mm -hmm. them to come up with a GDPR. Mm -hmm. um, so based because of the amount of information that was being exchanged, mm -hmm. the amount of information that was being processed by organizations, mm -hmm. there was a need for this specific rule mm -hmm. to make sure entities that are complying. Yeah. So the officer comes in, mm -hmm. 
uh, assists you or carries out an assessment mm-hmm. to f- figure out where you are in terms of your compliance requirements mm-hmm. and then would advise you mm-hmm. on what you need to do to comply. Mm-hmm. So how the rule has been set up for our um, Kenyan jurisdiction mm-hmm. is that um, it's not mandatory for all, all organizations to have a data protection officer. Okay. You may choose to have one, mm-hmm. you may choose not to have one. If you have the resources, mm-hmm. well and good, they will come in and assist you mm-hmm. and make sure that you're complying. Yeah. If you don't have the resources, so that means you cannot onboard this officer permanently within your organization. Mm-hmm. There's a prospect of you outsourcing the specific services. Mm-hmm. So we have organizations that have been set up or um, uh, companies that have come into the ecosystem that provide data protection mm-hmm. uh, officer services to organizations. Okay. However, it's very important for entities to note that mm-hmm. um, non-compliance mm-hmm. Um, or the consequences consequences of non-compliance will not rest on the data protection officer. Mm. The persons who will be held responsible mm-hmm. are the decision makers of the specific organizations at the end of the day. Okay. So if the highest decision making entity is the CEO, mm-hmm. the CEO will be held responsible for non-compliance. Right. If the highest um, decision making entity is the board, then the board of directors mm-hmm. will be held responsible for non-compliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because um, I know, you know, not everyone can have a full-time DPO mm-hmm. um, on staff. Yeah. So, you know, it's good to know that it's not mandated that you have to have one, but it's important to engage one to at least ensure that they can do the assessment and make sure that you're taking the steps to comply. compliance. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, so one of the requirements of the DPA is that organizations should register themselves as controllers or processors. Um, what is the purpose of this? Um, and also, how practical is it, you know, given, you know, every, almost every business is a data controller and processor? Mm-hmm. Um, and is there a threshold for who applies? Because, you know, businesses are of different sizes. They're large, they're small, um, and so on. So maybe just paint that picture for us. Who, what's the purpose of registration mm-hmm. and who does it apply? Mm-hmm. Um, so registration is provided for under the Act. And... Um, the requirement under the Act is that anybody who's operating as a data controller or a data processor needs to register with the office. The purpose behind this is it forces organizations to go back and look into their processing operations. Mm. So what the registration process does, it's um, it's it's an assessment of um, where you are in terms of complying with the Data Protection Act. Mm. Um, so it will help you appreciate the volume of information that you hold and also ascertain the sensitivity of information that you hold. Mm-hmm. You might be thinking, um, I'm a small business enterprise, I do not deal with a lot of individuals, mm-hmm. but from the registration process, the assessment that will come out would be that you actually, you may be a small organization, but the type of information that you hold is quite sensitive. So for example, I could be a, uh, operating an NGO, mm-hmm. And my NGO is focused on providing services to people, let's say, who've suffered um, maybe sexual assault mm-hmm. or even um, gender-based violence. Mm-hmm. I could even be dealing with people who um, are infected with HIV. Mm-hmm. You see, um, you could be dealing, let's say, with a group of about 100 individuals, but the information that you hold about them is quite sensitive. Yeah, very sensitive, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you see, you'd need to have measures in place to ensure that you protect that information mm. so that these individuals are not compromised at the end of the day in the yeah. event that God um, forbid, maybe let's say um, this information leaked out. Mm-hmm. You see, these people could be prejudiced to discrimination based on their health status. Yeah. And that's what we are trying to avoid at the end of the day. Mm. So what the registration process does, it um, calls you to look into the type of information that you 
process mm-hmm. and also what you process this information for. Mm-hmm. You might find that you're processing maybe financial information and you don't need to be processing that financial information. Mm-hmm. So you see, um, you'll do away with that specific processing activity and the consequence of that is you reduce the risks that you could face as an organization. Yeah. So in terms of how to go about uh, registering, mm-hmm. so we've automated, the office has automated the registration process. Mm-hmm. It's done online. Okay. All you need to do is just log on to our website, mm-hmm. www www.odpc.go.ke mm-hmm. you should be able to see a tab that says register mm-hmm. either as a data controller or a data processor mm-hmm. so you log on to the system you create an account mm-hmm. and then after you create that account there's specific information that you'll be asked for mm-hmm. um, you'll be asked to provide all the processing activities that you undertake as an institution you could provide as many as a thousand more mm-hmm. there's no limit mm-hmm. to what you can provide mm-hmm. you'll also be asked to provide um the categories of sensitive personal data mm-hmm. that you process so mm-hmm. there's usually a drop down menu mm-hmm. you get to pick all the sensitive personal data that you process mm-hmm. and then you'll be required to identify whether you transfer personal data to any country outside mm-hmm. of kenya yeah if you do you just list the country mm-hmm. and then also you'll be required to provide a list of all the safeguards that you put in place mm-hmm. to protect the personal data that you actually handle and then from there, you'll also be required to provide information based on the number of employees that you have mm-hmm. and also your annual turnover. Mm-hmm. So the reason why you need to provide this information is that it's used to carry out an assessment to find out how much you should pay. Mm-hmm. So um, payment um, has been prorated mm-hmm. based on the number of employees an organization has and also the annual turnover. Okay. So mm-hmm. the minimum fees payable is 4000 mm-hmm. This is upon registration mm-hmm. and the maximum fees payable payable for entities with turnover of over 50 million Mm -hmm. and over 99 employees Mm -hmm. is 40,000. Okay. Yeah. So, and the reason why it has been done like that is just to make sure the cost implication is not seen as a burden Mm. to entities that are required to register. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, depending on your turnover Mm. and also the number of employees you have. So, the higher your turnover, Mm. the more you'll be required to pay. Um, The lower your turnover, then you end up paying the minimum mm. yeah, fees at the end of the day. Yeah. So once you provide this information, mm-hmm. you'll submit your application. Mm-hmm. On our end as the office, we'll be able to review your application mm-hmm. uh, and verify it based on the information that you have provided. Mm-hmm. If you need to do any amendment, you'll be notified. Mm-hmm. So okay. everything is automated. So okay. you'll get a notification on your email. Your application has been reviewed. Mm-hmm. You need to maybe amend a few aspects of your application. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe like provide additional safeguards that you put in place mm-hmm. to protect the personal data that you're handling. Okay. And then once you amend those um, requirements, mm-hmm. once your application is verified, mm-hmm. you should have your certificate within 14 days. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's not just, uh, you know, you apply and it's a yes or no, but you actually evaluate and see, you know, where the gaps uh, this organization is having. You go back to the organization and say, can you fix these things? And then review. Yes. Okay. So is it rejected at that point or is it sent back with recommendations and then you come back again and get re-reviewed? It is sent back with recommendations. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then is there any point where it's actually totally rejected? Yeah. There are certain instances where the application may be rejected. Mm -hmm. For example, if you provide false information, Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. that in itself is an offense Mm -hmm. under the registration regulations. Okay. So automatically your application will have to be rejected. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. Wow. Wow. This is amazing. I didn't didn't actually understand the depth of which this is, um, 
this registration goes into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just on that question about you know registering businesses to register as controllers or processors, are there any exemptions? You know, businesses that you know don't meet the meet the threshold to register. Yeah. Um, so there are specific uh, businesses that have been exempted from registration mm-hmm. and these businesses fall under the categories of what we classify as SMEs. Mm-hmm. So small, medium and micro enterprises have mm-hmm. been exempted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to find out whether your organization actually qualifies for this specific exemption, mm-hmm. you need to look at one, the number of employees that you have mm-hmm. and also secondly, your annual turnover. Mm-hmm. So if you have, let's say, an annual, so the requirement under the regulations is organizations that have an annual turnover of less than 5 million mm-hmm. and less than 10 employees have been exempted. So this would apply to your traditional mamamboga. Mm-hmm. We do not expect um, mamamboga to register yeah. based on her annual turnover. Yeah. However, just because uh, organizations have been exempted from registration mm-hmm. does not mean that they have been exempted from the obligation to actually comply mm-hmm. with the other requirements of the Data Protection Act. Okay. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, something to note is that in as much as the exemption applies to SMEs, mm-hmm. there are specific SMEs that have been required to register mm-hmm. based on the specific sectors that they operate in. Mm-hmm. So, um, for example, organizations that um, are in the gambling business mm-hmm. are expected to register mm-hmm. regardless of whether they're SMEs or not based on the amount of information that they process. Mm-hmm. So th- this information is available on the website of the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner. Yeah. But off the top of my head, some of the organizations that are required to register mm-hmm. regardless of whether they're SMEs or not mm-hmm. are uh, organizations that are in the business of gambling, mm-hmm. organizations for that are in the business of political party or representation of the people okay so if you're a political party or if you operate a political party you're expected to register mm-hmm. based on the information that they handle mm-hmm. organizations that are in the health sector mm-hmm. or uh, provision of healthcare, yeah. both at a primary and also a secondary level mm-hmm. expected to register mm-hmm. businesses that um, offer educational services mm-hmm. are expected to register so if you operate a school you're expected mm-hmm. to register and the reason is the data subjects that you deal with children Mm -hmm. are considered to be vulnerable individuals. Mm -hmm. So we have, the office has to carry out an assessment of your compliance requirements. Mm -hmm. And also um, the registration um, process will help you ascertain what you need to do to actually ensure that you're compliant with the requirements of the Data Protection Act. Mm-hmm. Other entities are entities that are um, operate or offer CCTV services. Mm-hmm. Entities that process biometric data are also expected to register. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, wow. Okay, that's really, really helpful. Yeah. That's really helpful. And all this information is on the ODPC website. Yes, yes. So on the website, we've um, the office has published a guidance note mm-hmm. that set out organizations that are required to register, mm-hmm. organizations that have been exempted to register, mm-hmm. and those organizations that are required to register based on the specific sector that they operate in yeah. or based on the purpose for which they process mm-hmm. personal data. So for a good example, organizations that are in the business of um, direct marketing mm-hmm. I'd assume people in the marketing society would fall under that specific category mm. actually expected to register so for them yeah. even if your business is an SME mm-hmm. the, uh, the exemption does not apply to you you'd be expected to register with the office okay yes okay interesting hmm so in terms of you know we've talked a lot about you know, what the Data Protection Act um, protects and so on. But again, you know, this is a very new thing to, you know, 
the African continent to Kenya. So how is the office socializing this amongst the citizens? Um, what challenges have you had? Um, I know uh, potentially, you know, there have been cultural uh, barriers to people understanding their rights. Talk to us about how you're dealing with that and how you're going about creating awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the key mandates that's actually listed under the Act, under Section 9 and 8 of the Act, is that the office has the responsibility to raise awareness under uh, of the rights um, in relation to data subjects and also the obligations uh, for data controllers and data processors. Mm-hmm. So um, part of our key strategic pillar and, um, and our, our strategic plan as the office is creating awareness. Because mm-hmm. we have to now enter into this ecosystem where the cultural aspect of it is privacy is quite a foreign concept to us yeah. here in Kenya and I also think African mm, at, mm. at large yeah. I am I'm willing to throw this maybe question out to the audience mm. would you know what privacy is called in Kiswahili? Good question good question I have no idea <laughs> it's Faraga Okay. That's what privacy means. But okay. let's even take it a step further in terms of our mother tongue or even our local dialects mm. are you able to actually name privacy in relation to your local dialect. Yeah. From me, where I come from, there is no word for privacy. Mm. I have done an assessment with my friends mm. as well from mm. different um, communities. Mm. It's very hard for us to actually place that concept of privacy. Yeah. So it's quite it's quite a foreign concept. Yeah. And and we appreciate this value, yes, in information being shared. That's mm. how we're able to get services and goods. Mm. However, there's also that corresponding responsibilities mm. for entities that require this information. Yeah. So we, we have to raise our awareness from the perspective of the data subjects and inform them of their rights mm. and also from the perspective of data controllers and data processors and inform them of their obligations. Mm. And that way we'll be able to build an ecosystem mm-hmm. as a country whereby information can be freely exchanged mm. because there's that concept of trust. Yeah. I know if I give you my information mm-hmm. you will use it for the purpose that you have dictated or you have indicated that you're going to use it for. Mm. If you're going to share this information, I'm going to be notified by you that you're sharing my information. Mm. I know you have embedded data protection principles into your processing operations mm-hmm. so I do not have to worry. I already trust you mm-hmm. and you have shown me your commitment yeah. in complying with the Data Protection Act. Mm-hmm. So the office is actually currently carrying out an awareness campaign throughout all of the counties mm-hmm. just to go going around and telling individuals about the right to privacy, mm-hmm. how the right to data protection, how they can exercise the same mm-hmm. and also raising awareness to the various data controllers and data processors we have within our, uh, our country mm-hmm. in terms of what the compliance obligations Mm -hmm. will be Mm -hmm. and this will go a long way in actually building the trust that we've talked about and also reputation or the reputational aspect that businesses will get to benefit from Mm -hmm. if your customers can trust you at the end of the day Mm -hmm. the amount of loyalty and commitment you'll get will go a long way absolutely as opposed to being in a situation whereby you're required to constantly Mm -hmm. pay fines Mm -hmm. for for non-compliance so what the office is pushing for Mm -hmm is compliance Mm. whereby everybody appreciates the value of personal data Mm -hmm. and we see how we can leverage on this personal data to actually grow our economy yeah yeah Yeah. wow wow and in terms of the initiatives you're talking about the schedules and you know uh, if people want to attend some of these events um where can they find that information so the information is available on our social media platforms. Mm-hmm. I'd encourage for you to follow us. We are both on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll be posting in the specific counties we'll be going to and um, when the sessions will be held and mm-hmm. also what will be discussed during those sessions. Mm-hmm. Also, people are encouraged to keep a lookout. We regularly host webinars mm-hmm. to just 
raise awareness in mm -hmm. terms of the rights of data protection, um, the rights of uh, under the Data Protection Act mm -hmm. for data subjects and also the compliance obligations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as well. Yeah. And if you're keen on collaborating with the office, maybe from the perspective of um, professional body as the Marketing Society of Kenya, you can mm -hmm. also reach out. The office is more than ready and willing to actually work with you and partner with you mm -hmm. just to raise awareness among your community and also your membership. Yeah, mm -hmm. excellent, excellent. Wow, I think that that's a great place to uh, to end this discussion. Thank you, thank you so much, Rehab. Um, you've really enlightened us a lot and I'm sure we'll have you back again for more follow-up, but thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. This is the iMarket Podcast, brought to you by the Marketing Society of Kenya, EABL, and Capital FM.